Thank you for joining us this morning. I want to ask the question, what is the greatest thing that, that could happen right now? What is the, the greatest thing that we could endeavor to do uh, in the next few minutes? The time that we've got allotted to us, what is the greatest thing that we could ever endeavor to do? What would be the wisest use of this time, and what would get the greatest return on our investment? Uh, what would have the greatest impact for you and for, for me and for those of us around us? And, and then let me ask the question, what is needed today, so needed today? Well, let me answer the question, friend. It would be this. The greatest use of this time, the next few minutes, the greatest impact of these moments would be for us in truth to catch a glimpse of our God. And I believe that this morning, the greatest thing that can happen in the next few minutes is for us in truth to catch a glimpse of our God. I'm so convinced of that. If we could get a small glimpse, just a small glimpse at how great our God is, how, how good he is, how marvelous he is, I believe it truly would be unreal. I believe the impact would be marvelous. Well, today from God's word, my goal is to glorify him and to bless us by looking at him, by seeing him in truth. Today, to do that, we're going to look at two verses out of a psalm of David, a song of David, Psalm 145, today, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to start by reading those verses, Psalm 145, today, verses 1 and 2. God's word says this, I will extol you. My God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come today. We're thankful for you. We praise you. We worship you today. Lord, I, I come, and our, my prayer, our prayer is that we would see what, what Moses prayed for, that we would see your glory. And Lord, I pray that, that today that this would be a supernatural event, and I pray as we, as we pass through these next moments that we would truly see you, and our eyes would be fixed upon you, and we would, we would hear of your character, and we would hear of, of your glory. And, and I pray that in, in seeing you in these moments, that our perspective would change, that our, that our heart would change, that, that you would be glorified. And Lord, I, I pray the result would be tremendous. And so Lord, I come and I pray that right now, wherever we're at, that we set down the things of this life, the distractions of this life, and just for these moments, Lord, I pray that you would speak in your word. I pray that you would lead us today, and I pray, Lord, show us your glory today. We love you, Lord. We praise you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. A few years back, I preached a sermon about the problem that I believe we are no longer astounded by God. I believe we are no longer astounded by God. And for whatever reason, maybe it's, it's Satan or maybe it's the tricks of the world, but what is so marvelous today to us has become mundane. And I, and I watch that and I believe that. And I think that is the trouble of this day. We, we go through the course of our life and we've got distractions in life and we've got agendas in life and we're just clicking through life. And what is so marvelous 
as our God has just become mundane to us. And we, we sit around today and we say, yes, God is our creator. And you know what? We're not even sure what that means. And we're not even sure if we truly believe that. But you know what? We've been taught to say that. So yes, he's the creator God. It doesn't mean that much to us. And we say, you know what? God is our sustainer and he is powerful and all things are held, held together in his hand. But you know what? It doesn't change how we worry. It doesn't change how we think. And, and yes, God is the sustainer and that's good and that's okay. But it really doesn't impress us all that much. Or we say as Christians, Jesus is the Savior, and through him we have the forgiveness of our sins, and we have restoration with God. Through him we have eternal life, and we're sure enough thankful for all that. That's going to come in handy sometime down the road. And so we say, yes, Jesus is our Savior. And somehow knowing God doesn't impress us. Somehow today, seeing God doesn't excite us. And, and I don't know how, but it's become mundane. It's become flat to us. And that's what I notice. That's what I see in our practice today. We, we come together and we sing these songs, all these great words, all the scripture in our songs, and we're half asleep as we sing them. Or we hold his word, his, his, his word that's living and active and speaks to us, the very voice of God. We, we hold his word, and yet we neglect it much of the time. In fact, most of the time, we're not going to turn to it. We're not going to seek it out. We're not going to spend great amounts of time in his word, and we neglect his word. We go through life, and God's really not much of a daily concern to us. And you know what, if I, if I get a bad diagnosis or if there's some tough things that come up, I'll turn and I'll seek him out. But in the course of my daily life, he's really not that much of a concern to me. Or living in obedience, you know what, that's not much of a thought for me. I believe or I say I do that it's, it's the best way to live. But you know what, it's a standard I can't keep. It's not something I could ever do. And so I go through life not giving much thought to actually living in obedience. And I want to just tell you over and over and over again, we are no longer astounded by God. And I think that's our day today. We're not impressed by God any longer. I wonder how does that happen? I wonder how in the world is that possible? Friends, I believe it is as simple as this. We're not seeing him. I could give you a profound answer and I could come up with some deep theological thing and I could talk about the times that we exist in, but I just want to tell you the answer is this, as simple as this, we're not seeing him because I believe if we were seeing him, we couldn't help but be excited if we were seeing him in truth and not the nonsense that our world shoves at us. If we were actually seeing him, we couldn't help but be blown away. And it's impossible, I believe, to actually see our God and not be astonished. Folks, Satan is the master of putting other things before us. And, and that's his trick. He, he puts other things in our eyes and other things in our view, and he's the master of distraction. 
And the screens that are always in our hands or the, the busyness of life or chasing the materialistic things that we, we spend our time on or even this coronavirus, he's the master of putting things in, in front of us and we become consumed in those things. We become distracted in those things. Well, today I want to try and I want to take these few moments And I want to take these two verses and I want to set before us God in his glory. And that's my goal today is to take these verses, the word of God, and in the midst of all of these distractions, my my mission today, my goal today is to set God before us. And I'll just tell you, I, I pray that we are astonished. In Psalm 145, it is counted as the last written song of King David. So here he is. He is coming towards the end of his life, and he has gone through the ups of life and the downs of life, and he has walked through the the failures of life, and many are his own, and he's walked through the the hardships that his sin caused him and the other sin that caused him as well, and he's gone through all of these things in life. He's gone through years of seeing God and seeing his faithfulness and seeing his holiness, and now he comes to his last song, Psalm 145. And how fitting it is that it is called a psalm of praise, David's psalm of praise. In fact, it is the only one of all of his psalms that's called a psalm of praise. And I I think about that this morning, and I think, what else would he do? What else could he do? He, he, He couldn't rehash all of those things. What a waste of time to talk about those hardships again and his failures again. Or what a a waste of time to heap self-praise upon himself and and talk about the giant that he had killed or the, the kingdom that he was king over. What a waste of time. And so with one last song, he praises God. His last song and he uses it to praise God. Listen to what he saw in his God today. Now, I would encourage you to go and read all the verses of Psalm 145, this last song. But we're just going to look at these two. And just in these two, see his response to the God that he knew. See his response today. Let's look at these two verses, beginning in verse 1. I will extol you, my God, O King. And I will bless your name forever and ever. The first verse of this song, I will extol you, my God, O King. And I will bless your name forever and ever. David says here, I will extol you. The word extol, it means to make known. Now these words, they're very awesome in meaning. Listen to these words. It it means to make known. It means to exalt. It means to lift high. I love the most literal translation. The most literal translation is to heave up. 
And I want you to get the the meaning of that, see the, the meaning of that, the picture of that. It is to heave up. It is to strain to push up. And so David says here in his last song, you, God, not me, but but you, I will heave you up. I will lift you up and I will exalt you, my God. Understand his goal is to glorify God. His goal here is to exalt God, to make God known. And so understand what this verse is, is to say, see my God. Oh, if you could see my God, he's been faithful at every turn. Do you see my God? Oh, he's never left me. When others left me, he never did. Do you see my God? It's to say, do you see how good he is? He's the only one, in fact, that's good. Can you see my God? And David says, I will heave him up and heave him up. I will strain to lift him up that you would see my God. That's his response. Do you see my God? I will extol you. Notice he calls him here, my God, O king. I will extol you, my God, O king. Now there's some things here I want you to see. First off, in my God, we see a very amazing thing about God. And that is that he is big and he is huge and he is powerful. In fact, he has all power. He is mighty. He is huge. But he also knows David. He also sees David. And he loves David. The smallest details of his life. And it says here that he is my God. He is He is David's God. He's not unknown to David. He's not unknowable. He's not unapproachable. He's not some God that I, I can't get to him. He's not unattainable. He is his God. And that's what he says, my God. Listen today, friend. Our God is personal. And man, we we may lose the depth, the meaning of that word. He is intimate to us. He is relatable to us. He wants to know us and he wants us to, to know him. And he's knowable. And David says here, he is my God. He's a personal God. And then he says on top of that, oh, king. King is a ruler. It's the one that has authority. The one that has the power also has the position. He's the ruler, and so he's he's the one that rules. And so David says here, my God, my God, personal God, oh, king. David submits to God as king. Let me tell you this. And we have trouble with this, and it flares back up in our lives, and we We sometimes think we have it settled and we let it rear back up. But I want want you to be very clear in this. If you are your own king, and isn't that the way of mankind? I want to be my own king. I want to serve my cause. I want to do my thing and I'll decide how this is going to go. I want you to hear me today. If you are your own king, you have a fool as a leader. David says here, you know what? I know God is wise. And I know his counsel is good, and I know he is powerful, 
And so knowing all of that, he says, God, I make you my king. I submit to you as my king. I call you my king. You are king. And all the the nobility that goes with that, the royalty, the majesty that goes with that, God, you are my king. The rest of the verse. I will extol you, my God, O king. And then I listen to this. And I will bless your name forever and ever. I'm going to go ahead and add verse 2. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. And I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. David's response to God is awesome. He said, my God, my king, O king. And and now we're going to see his response. His, His response is awesome. He has seen God's character. He has seen firsthand God's work. No one has to tell him an account of God's work. He has seen it himself, and he is astonished with God. And that's, that's an awesome thing. He is astonished with God, and so he has this response. Here is his response. Now look at this, and I'll just say, wow, how, how great this is. We see his response as one who is astonished with God. All right, here it goes. It says this, I will, I will. Now do not miss this. Be sure and see this. David says, I will. Now here's what I want you to understand. Nobody is going to do David's praising for him. I will. Nobody is going to do David's praising for him. Here's the truth. A personal God is worthy of personal praise. Now, you want to write that down? That's a pretty awesome thought. A personal God, this is what he's showing, is worthy of personal praise. Now, I want you to understand what that means. What that means is when I know God, not my spouse, not my mother, not somebody at the church, but when I know God and I know his character and I know what he's like and I am the recipient of his grace, not some meaningless word, not some numb word, but when I understand his grace, when I am delivered by his hand, when I am forgiven of my sin, when I am saved of no work of my own, but the work of the cross of Jesus Christ, when I am sure of my future in Jesus Christ. Listen, nobody will do my praising. You can't outpraise me. Nobody will do my praising. And shame on me if you can. Next, we're going to see his response and when it's going to take place. First, he says, I will. I'm responsible for my praise. And next, we're going to see his his response and when it's going to take place. It says it's going to take place at two different times. Two different times that his response is going to take place. Notice in the verses, in verse 1, it says, forever and ever. That's When's it going to take place? Forever and ever. That is perpetual. That is unending. Forever and ever and ever. And then the second one in verse two, it says, and every day. And then in verse two, it also says, forever and ever. Now, what that means is, David says his prayer is going to be today. His praise 
is going to be today. It is going to be right now. And then he says, not only will it be today, it will be without ceasing. It will go on forever and ever. Here's what I've noticed. I've noticed some of us are waiting for some other time to praise God. And may, hey, maybe when things get better, you know what, things are hard right now and things are tough right now and we're in a swirl of a bunch of craziness right now and when things get better, I'll praise God. Or some of us are so crazy, we're thinking, you know what, when I get to heaven, I don't know about this life. It's so tough and it's so hard to endure, but you find me in heaven and I'll celebrate there. And so we're saying, you know what, some other time, some other place, when things get better, maybe when I get to heaven, I will praise God. David says, listen, I will start today and I will do it again tomorrow and if you find me the next day I will do it on that day as well and forever and ever and ever I don't plan to stop praising God that's what he says let me tell you my, my message to us today as the church is let's start right now that's my message. Let's not wait until the virus clears up. Let's not wait to a better time. Let's not wait to a happier time. Let's not wait until we all get to heaven. No, let's start right now. Lord God, you're awesome. You're worthy of praise. Let your people worship you right now. David says, when am I gonna do it today and tomorrow and the next day and forever and ever? And so we see when he'll do it. First, we see that he will do it. Then we see when he'll do it. And next, we see what he'll do. What's he going to do? Next, we see that. Verse 1, he says, I will bless your name. Verse 2, I will bless you. Verse 2, I will praise your name. And so he says here, what he's going to do is he's going to bless and he's going to praise. Now, when's he going to do it? For eternity, starting right now. But what is he going to do? He's going to do two things. He's going to bless and he's going to praise. So let's look at these two words, bless and praise. Now, listen to these words. Bless means to congratulate. To congratulate. Now, listen, see the picture. It means to kneel down. It means to salute. It means to show extreme adoration. And in the most literal translation, listen to this one. It says, to adore on bended knees. Do you get the picture of that? David is the king of Israel and he's seen good things and he's seen bad things, but he knows who his God is and he says, on my bended knees with my knees bent, I will show adoration to you. I will show honor to you. I will salute you. I will point to you. I will congratulate you. And he says in verse one, I'll bless you. I will bless your name, verse two. And then the word praise. Praise in verse two means to shine. It is joyful shouting or crying aloud. And then there, there's this meaning and it has two forms and I, I think this one's the best. It means to boast on, now listen, to boast on 
either greatly, that's the extent, he's going to do it greatly, or it means to boast on loudly. That's the volume in which he's going to do it. And so that most literal translation is he is going to shine, he's going to joyfully shout, and he is going to boast on God greatly or loudly. We're not sure which one of those, but he's going to do one of those two. He's going to boast on God greatly or loudly. His last song. And David says, coming through all of these days, seeing the hand of God, knowing him, watching what he's done, my response is to get on my knees and to be humble before God and to know he worked and it was his power and it was his strength and it was his wisdom and his voice is going to shout forth and there he's going to honor God and salute God and he's going to boast on him greatly. Notice it says... There's two objects here. Now, this is kind of strange. Now, stay with me. It seems that there's two different objects. Now, I want you to watch this. He says, I'm going to bless, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to bless you and also your name. I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise your name. And so we read verse one, we read verse two, we see his response. He's going to bless and he's going to praise. And it looks like there's going to be two objects of his blessing, two objects of his praising. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your name. Now I want you to get this. See how, see how this works. Our God wants to be known. And I, that's, that's, a, that's an awesome thing. He wants us to know him. He, he is that gracious. He is that kind. He is that intimately involved with each of us. He wants you to know him. He wants me to know him. And so one of the ways that he reveals himself to us is in his name. He reveals himself to us in his name. And so understand this. He and his name... In his design, in his infinite wisdom, he and his name are one and the same. And so he and his name are synonymous. And so when you know him, you're going to see him in his name. And when you see his name, you're going to begin to know him. And it's this, this circle that he is revealing himself in his Name And so you can praise him by praising his name. And you can praise his name by praising him. They are the same thing. God is revealing himself to us in his name. Well, David knows that. And in the first two verses of this song, he says, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your name and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to praise your name. David's going to do both. Now notice this. David says, this is going to be the pattern of the rest of his life. He says, this is what I'm going to do today. In fact, I'm going to do it every day. He says, I'm going to do it today. And if you find me, I'll be doing it tomorrow. He says, I'm going to do it forever and ever. I'm going to bless you and bless your name. And I'm going to do it in perpetuality. I'm going to do it forever. Well, that's good because there's a lot to praise. See this. I want you to see this. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your name. Well, I want to tell you today, he could praise him as I am. 
That's the name that he gave Moses. I am. Moses says, who is it? Should I tell the sons of Israel have sent me? And he says, you tell them, I am has sent you. That is the name that he gives Moses. It means that he is the self-existent one. It means that he is the all-powerful one. And so he could go on and on and he could worship God as I am. And he could bless the name I am. And he could praise the name I am. Or he could praise him as Yahweh. Now he probably wouldn't. That is the holy God, so so holy, so revered that they dare not speak his name. They dare not write out his name. And so he could have praised him as the holy one that is mind-blowing to us. He's oh, so holy, so revered. Probably wouldn't, but he could have. Could have praised him as Jehovah. That is, that is the knowable God. That is the relatable God, the God that wants us to know him. That is the master, the, the personal God. And so David could have praised him as Jehovah and he could have gone on for day after day and, and praised him as Jehovah, the God that relates to me and knows me and wants me to know him. Or he could have worshiped him as, as Adonai. That is the Lord God. The, the master, that is the ruler of all. And, that, and he could have said, you know what, I, I worship you as Adonai. And at one time he said, and the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so he could have spent his days and gone on and on and said, oh, the Lord is good, taste and see, I love the Lord. And he could have worshiped him as Adonai. Or he could have worshiped him as El Beth. That is the God of the house of God. And that may sound crazy when I first tell you that, but that is the God who set up a dwelling place in their midst. And he wanted to be visible to them. He wanted to be visible as their rock. You want to know where your rock is? It's in your midst. He wanted to be visible as your shelter. Where are you going to run? You're going to run to the shelter. He wanted to know them to know that if they needed him, they knew where they could find him. He is the God that would tabernacle in their midst. Oh, what a God that would be with them in their presence. And so he could have worshiped El Beth, the God of the house of God. Or he could have worshiped him as El Elyon, that is the most high God. And he could have gone on his knees and he could have praised El Elyon. And, he, and he, could have, he could have said, you're the God that makes the mountains tremble. You're the, gods that make, the God that makes the earth shake. He could have said, you're the God that Nebuchadnezzar, that when he looked in the fiery furnace, that he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you serve the most high God, the God above all gods. None is higher. He could have worshiped him as El Elyon, the most high God. Or he could have worshiped him as El Emanah. El Emanah. You see, this is the one that I love. This is the faithful God. And David could have looked back over all those days and he could have worshiped him as the faithful God, the God that keeps every promise, the promise made in the garden, the promise made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the promise made to Moses. He could have said, you're the God that every promise you've made will come to pass. Every word is true because you are true. And he could have worshiped him as the faithful God. David could have sung, oh, great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. He could have worshiped him as Elo who knew Olam. 
Elo who knew Olam. Friends, that is the everlasting God. And he could have camped out there and he could have worshiped him as the God that was and is and is to come. He could have worshipped him as the God that is, has no beginning and has no end, not created, not the work of some other person or some other God higher than him, but the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the ancient of days, the God that does not shift, that does not change because he is from everlasting to everlasting. And so he could have worshipped the everlasting God. Oh, that is my God. He's eternal. And he could have bowed on his knees and he could have worshipped him. Or he could have worshipped him as El-Ra. Oh, El-Ra. This is the God that sees me. Our God sees me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. And you know my path and you know my lying down. You're intimately equated with all of my ways because you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. And in your book were written all the days of my life, even before there was one. He knows me. He could have said, oh, Elrah, and he bowed on his knees. He could have worshiped the powerful God that knew him. Or he could have worshiped him as El Shaddai. El Shaddai, the almighty God, the God of all power, the God of all might and all strength. The God, the God that is endless in all of those things, infinite in all of those things, he's not going to run out of strength. He's not going to sleep. He's not going to slumber. He's not going to run out of endurance there at the end. But the God that is almighty, he could have said, when I see the stars and I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe is displayed. Oh, my God, how great thou art. And he could have bowed on his knees and he could have worshiped El Shaddai, God almighty. I worship you. Or he could have worshiped him as Elo Tisho Atai. Elo Tishu Atai. This is the God of my salvation. And I don't know any greater reason to worship God than he's the Savior God. He's the God that sees the cries of his people, the plight of his people. He hears the cries of his people. And he loves those people and so he himself rends the heaven and he comes down and he saves. He is the God who saves. Oh, listen to me. If there was ever a reason to worship God, it's not that he stand off somewhere. It's not that he's somewhere watching how it shakes out, but that is he would come and he would save us. Oh, we have the God that is our savior. Doesn't leave David to perish. He doesn't leave him with no hope, but he saves him and he could have worshiped him as a savior God. Or he could have worshiped him as Jehovah Geolech. That is my redeemer God. This is the God that is our redeemer, that redeems for himself his own people, that he buys them back from the debt of their own sin. And he's not a God that sends somebody else to do his bidding. He's not a God that sends somebody else to do it. He's not a God that would balk at the price and say, that's too high for you. He pays the price himself. He's the God that that Job said, and I know that my Redeemer liveth and he shall stand on the earth in the last days. It is God who is our Redeemer, that God. And he could have bowed his knees and said, oh, you love me enough that you redeem me 
back the God that is my redeemer and he could have worshiped him. And friends, I could go on and on and on and on today. Do you see our God? Can you see our God today? Listen, look at him. Don't miss our God. He's so great. Can you see our God? If you can't, if for some reason you can't, If you can't, let me help you. Let me make it clear for you. Oh, I want you to see this. If you can't see him, I don't know why, but if you can't see him, can you see Jesus? Look to Jesus today. Can you see Jesus? If you can't see all of those things, can you see Jesus this morning? You see, he is the creator. He is holy. He is eternal, everlasting from everlasting. He's first and last, the Alpha and the Omega. He is almighty. He is Lord. Listen, he is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is king. In fact, he's the king of all kings. He is king, King Jesus. He is God. God himself, Emmanuel, God with us. He is God. Do you see him today? He is the Savior. He is God himself who comes and saves us on the cross of Calvary. Can you see Jesus? He's our Redeemer. He doesn't send somebody else to pay the price. He doesn't balk at the price, but he pays it in his own blood. Can you see our Redeemer, Jesus, today? Listen to me. If you can't see God, if you're not astonished with God, dear friend, look at Jesus. Jesus, look at Jesus. Listen, we need to see Jesus today. We need Jesus in our vision today. Fix your eyes upon Jesus today. Can you see Jesus? If you're hearing these words today and you've never trusted Jesus, I want to tell you he is eternally God. He is Savior God. He is the Redeemer God. Dying for you and dying for me. Put your faith in him. Jesus is our savior. Put your faith in him. I want to tell you, if you're listening to these words today, in some way in the distractions of life, you've lost your astonishment with God. You, friend, look at Jesus. Praise Jesus. And I will extol you, my God, O King. And I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and ever. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come, and I'm thankful for my Savior, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that today we have seen you more clearly, and I pray that the the crud and the things and the distractions of this world have been pulled away, and I, I pray that our eyes have been fixed on Jesus. Lord, I pray for some that are hearing this today that don't know you. Pray that today they would find peace in you, salvation in you, hope in you. They would turn to you today. Lord, I pray for us that are walking in these days. 
And this has all become mundane to us. Lord, forgive us. Lord, help us again to anew today. Fix our eyes upon you. And I'm thankful for you. And Lord, my, my heart's desire, and may it be ours, and may it be many, is to bless you and to bless your name forever and ever and ever. Lord, we love you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.